0: The debates have been raging all weekend. Was it naive or was it brave? Well, we'll be discussing the Leicester Lake Show heartbreak. Madges first goal and the injury curse striking again on this week's Baggies broadcast. Albion fans, hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast with myself, a Johnny Drury. And as always, I'm alongside the food critic among the local EFL journalists. The seven layer wearing sidekick of mine. And most importantly, the ENS's main baggies man, Mr. Lewis Cox. Coxie, is that, mate? That's a that's a pretty good introduction, that I think.
1: JD, I've been cooking that code, one up all morning. Uh, oh, mate. I'm very pleased with those monikers, mate. Keep those coming. That that'll do. Oh are you?
0: I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm good. We've Do you know got what, speaking, speaking of, of seven
1: talk layers, about. just quickly, speaking of seven layers, and I know we've got um, a question along these lines later to come we have. that's already tickled me this morning. I am in the coldest office known to man this morning. You can back me up on that, can't you? you know I don't the, uh, know.
0: I can disagree, is. mate. I think my kitchen's colder. I think my kitchen's Perhaps. colder. Yeah, but we're in maybe, some cold maybe. places today. We need. We've had a good question on this. Albion fans might have seen talking about uh, players sitting on the bench and and wearing uh, wearing blankets. But we're we're going to talk about all that later. <laughs> we'll we'll discuss that with Coxie's, uh Coxie's Seven Layers from Saturday. It was a bitterly cold afternoon um, at the Hawthorns, which unfortunately, as we said, ended in heartbreak. And we've got a lot to talk about um, regarding that game. A lot of positives as well. Uh, we're going to, as we said, we're going to talk about the here uh, the coldness. Bringing back, we've been asked to bring back alternative Albion. On that, Albion fans might have noticed that I haven't been having many rants for about the past two months, but things have been going so well on the pitch, maybe not off the pitch, but on the pitch. Um, so we haven't brought it back, but we'll discuss that in the questions. We're going to talk all about Saturday, the fallout from the game, you know, the good, the bad, and they're not so good. Uh, Matty Phillips injury as well. We're gonna talk over that because it's absolutely heartbroken for him as well. Another another injury pulling up. Um, we're gonna look ahead to Sunderland and Rotherham, a busy week for Albion on the road. Um, some early mornings and late nights as well for Albion fans and players and everyone associated with the club. Um we're gonna talk as well about some strange comments from a former Albion manager I might have seen yesterday. We've we have we have carried some coats in the express and style. We'll we'll talk about that. And that's all to come on the rest of the show and, of course, the Cattle and Toaster Man advert, which is the reason why all of you actually listen to this podcast. Right, Coxie, I'm going to put a two-minute limit on this because we've got a couple of questions. Um, Now, me and you have spent a lot of time over the last 48 hours or so writing, talking, discussing that goal, that Leicester winner, that Harry Winks winner, which has caused so much divide among Albion fans, so much divide. Among social media. Um, so we're going to spend two minutes talking about it. My, I'm trying to think of a different line for it this morning when I was writing uh, my little running order for you for the podcast. Um, I didn't think this is the type of conversation I would be having about West Brom. Back at the start of the season when things <laughs> weren't going so great. About throwing caution to the wind and trying to beat the champion. Oh, well, not the champion. Maybe champions elect, but the leaders certainly. um I didn't think I'd be having that conversation just a few months ago. You know, Albion went for it, got caught at the back, as we know, um, left themselves ridiculously exposed. Um, but we're going for the win. Now, you've written about it. I've written about it. I want you to come up with a, a final sum up on it. And I'm going to time you because I know you like I know you like going into detail. So we're going to do two minutes on this, and then we're not going to talk about it for people, the questions.
1: Direct, direct people to the link.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, go. Um, well, it's a context, isn't it? It's it's playing so well, striking so late for a deserved equaliser, you know, that all the hard work was very much merited. Um, and then the context of the winner, that uh, it's taken us until now and probably a few more days to still get over, hasn't it? Let's be honest. And it's a great debate. Look, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, personally, maybe. I mean, everyone has their opinions. And it depends which way you read it, as I wrote in, in my piece. My reading of it initially was like, well, that's a bit, that's a bit gung-ho, you know, live, why have, there's no way Leicester should score there, how's that happened? But, um, I really have, thinking about it and speaking to Corbin, I really don't have much of a problem of a, of a head coach, um, sticking to his guns and principles and not, not, um, bowing to the, you know, the situation, to not, not almost, not be caught in the headlights in the, oh, it's Leicester, you know, we must take it to the corner, um, you know, I can see those that would argue, well, read the game, game management, but I don't think it's as, as cut and dry as that. I don't think it's as simple as that. I think that Corbran has got the setup was there. Look, as I wrote, nine nine hundred and ninety-nine times out of a thousand that goal doesn't happen in the championship. Look at the quality. Um, I think that kind of setup will yield good things for Albion. And so overall I'm I'm okay with it as I wrote yesterday. And uh, yeah, it's just a Frustrating one, wasn't it? But I, I don't think it happens. If, if you play that scenario out again, Albin had just scored from one. Why not just go and try and score another goal from it? Uh, I would take the counter argument, but yeah, that's what I think. I think in two minutes, hopefully,
0: you've done it in less. You've got seventeen seconds left, and I'm gonna. Oh, well, I'm, gonna I'm gonna take them off you. I'm gonna take them off you. You've summed it up brilliantly there. And we've got like two or three questions about this, so we can talk a little bit about it later well, on. Well, but... I think,
1: look, there'll be people that are listening to this, Johnny, that are like, well, you know, read the situation. And I, like, I take that totally, like I do. Um, but, and and a bit of me thought that, not not thought that, I, I just, you know, it, it's not even the players are at fault. But Albin shouldn't concede from that situation. That You know, you should never concede from your own corner. But, look. Teams are made to counter, aren't they, sometimes? you know, And, and the quality, what was it? Ian Acho, choose before best player on the pitch, by the way. Winks. Great quality, isn't it? I'm sure they could do that to any side in the champ. Um, and look, Alvin's players just couldn't handle the situation at the time. You know, it's, it's one of those unfortunate things.
0: Yeah, it is indeed. We're going to, I just want to talk a little bit, you know, similar to that, but a bit different. I think the way I look at it now, looking back, look at the start of this week and we have got a question like this about whether we thought Alvin have, have done well in this little mini run Um we've gone toe-to-toe to toe with Leicester you know Leicester are for me I said I think I, I don't know if I said it the other day but you know I don't know I can't remember what the the, the points the record points for the championships I think it was Reading um, something like 105 points or something but this Leicester side you look at it and look at the players Harry Winks was in a top six Premier League club you know only a season ago and he arguably could still be you know, and they've got players of, of really good quality. Albion have yeah. gone toe-to-toe with them. And a draw would have been a fair result, really, on the face of it. I think I think Leicester had a couple of chances. You know, Albion probably had the best chance of the game early on with Kipra. Um, I think sometimes we just need to be satisfied with 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 the context of the week rather than just, you know, everyone's got to focus on that because they were so close to making it, you know, seven points out of nine. Or if they nipped one they're nine points out of nine. But I think we just need to be satisfied. Yeah. And I think that's the question yeah, of Albion it. fans. I, we say it a lot of good the time, like football in general.
1: No, I think it's a good point, mate. Yeah, I, yeah I've been on a fine run, haven't they? If the, the points return from the run of games has, as I would say, exceeded at least, probably far exceeded what we maybe could have hoped or expected, um, going to the, the, taking a step back and going toe-to-toe with a side like Leicester, it's not too dissimilar a situation from Southampton away, is it before the break? Really, uh, Leicester are a better side. Yeah, maybe Southampton was as tough because it was away from home and different context of last minute and stuff. But um, I think Albion played possibly even ju- just as well as they did down at Saint Mary's on, on Saturday. And and yes, as Corbrand said to me, there's something in you know we can't really be very satisfied with it all because we've lost two games. But your know, performance levels against yeah you know, of that nature against the rest of the sides will yield positive results. So um, yeah, there's little things to get into like injuries and stuff, but um, yeah, it's a, the context of the season, Johnny. You're right. It's uh, yeah, with with how it goes, it just changes expectations and uh, of all of us onlookers, doesn't it? Certainly, supporters. Um, yeah, we'll get more excited, um, yeah, connected to it. Yeah, dare I say, carried away when things are going well and your aspirations change and. What Albion require and games change, and that's all fine. Another thing is, you, you know, yes, the top four was it all had good, good results, but the teams below Albion struggled, didn't they? Luckily, um, and it didn't, at first glance, really do too much damage in terms of the table. So, I think we can take it all as a bit of a, a lesson, maybe, and, and move on. And I don't mean a lesson in you know, do better next time. I, I thought, interestingly, and I put this to the head coach, I thought it was a bit of a window into Corbin as a head coach, because we have him all as this kind of, uh, maybe safety first, caution, caution, um, style kind of head coach, like that's his maybe go-to. But actually, any any cautious um, boss would not have done that, they'd have gone into the corner, Um, certainly against a side like Leicester. So maybe that's... Maybe it just gave us a bit of a bit of a glimpse, bit of a window into his mindset, really. In
0: that yeah. no, it's a big, it's a good point. Just on 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 the other big sort of four, I suppose four, from the opening game. Matty Phillips has pulled up with another injury, um, hamstring, <laughs> something that he suffered with before. Um, he looked, he, he he pulled up just in front of us. He knew straight away he was he was visibly upset and gutted, and I think he knew it was it was not just a a, a, a small injury. I think it's a not a major injury, but it's it's one that's going to leave him out for. For weeks. Um it's an interesting one, Cox here. I I saw a lot of negativity on social media. You know, a player doesn't get injured for, you know, everyone's ever uh, I'm trying to sort of put this into words without sounding too annoyed, but there was a lot of comments saying, Oh Matty Phillips this time of the year always gets injured and this coming up to Christmas and stuff like that. And I know a lot of it's tongue in cheek, but Matty Phillips is absolutely flying. Maybe he's got in that he's picked up injuries at certain periods of time when he's been at Albion where you know, the going has been tough. That's not why he's picked up an injury. Um, and it's certainly not at the moment because he's absolutely flying. And I think yeah, people are doubly gutted with him because even though Phillips is, you know, coming towards the end of his Albion contract, um, whether he gets a new one is, remains to be seen, but it's just gutting for him. Um, I just didn't like some of the negativity uh, is the reaction to his, his injury because he's arguably been Albion's best player. You know, there's a, there's a few in that category and Phillips is, is probably one of them and he just can't catch a yeah. break getting injuries at key points. Even last season he, he I thought he was flying when he got his injury, you know, in the in the cup replay, which, you know, in hindsight maybe shouldn't have played. But he just keeps getting his injuries. He's out of contract at the end of the season. you've just got to feel you you can't feel anything but gutted for him.
1: Yeah, it was um, down nearby us, wasn't it, in front of us and the only uh, when I saw he he hammered the turf, didn't he at frustration and we we knew oh dear, you know, in a bit of bother it potentially when a player's that, that frustrated they know instantly. My only sort of saving grace almost after the game was seconds before we hammered the turf. I thought I saw him clutching onto his knee. He was facing away from us and it looked like he was holding his knee and I thought, oh no. Yeah, you know when you, you factor the knee and that kind of reaction you you really fear the worst, don't you? You know, we're talking things that that could have been many, 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 many months in terms of a knee injury. So yes. You know, a hamstring of the of the worst variety. Yeah, he's potentially going to be very bad. Corbrand said at the yeah you know, the very least a few weeks. When when that was put to him, you know, I dare say it could be a little bit longer than that. We'll get all being well, some clarity on the setback and the exact timescale um, tomorrow. Carlos Corban has a slightly earlier sorry press conference this week for ahead uh, of Sunderland, so we'll get new full news of that. Likewise, a more accurate maybe time frame of the Wallace. with his shoulder Carlos said two or three weeks and Kyle Bartley all being well surprise omission, wasn't he on Saturday all being well should be around it for Sunderland that was a a little bit of a precaution one I think with Bartley Um, just shows though doesn't it with injuries and you you bang on Johnny in in defence of Phillips there I think but you have Corran almost joked in the presser you know I left him out of Cardiff you know he started all the league games so on advice I kind of left him out to protect him a bit obviously with Leicester in mind and then that happened, you know, half halfway into the Leicester game. So you can't win almost as a as a head coach in that, can you? And yeah, I, I didn't particularly like the stuff. Yeah, you know, Phillips always gets it in the neck a bit, doesn't he? When this time of year comes around and his body might break down, but that's not out of design of his, is it? Yeah, it's not his choice. I'm sure he'd rather play. I take your point, Johnny. Yes, yeah, sometimes the going has been tougher or whatever. But everything we hear and we hear it often, and we've heard it from the horse's mouth in terms of the manager the best pro and best trainer at the club well every so player says it as well do exactly. not he yeah exactly exactly he can't do any, any more to try and um, avoid these things happening Um, so it's, it's rotten looking obviously the way his body's made up but Harbin will miss him dearly won't they will miss him dearly so he did well before that injury and uh, yeah it's a blow of all, of all the periods really could have done without this maybe you know up to a couple of months out or whatever this was Probably not the one, but I suppose all being well, um, you know, into the new year, whether it's Feb, whatever, something like that, you know, well in time for the running, you would say, March, April time when it gets really serious. Um, He'll be back and firing, hopefully.
0: Hopefully. Best wishes to to Mike Phillips. Hopefully, he gets a a good diagnosis. Cox, you want to talk about Oka Yakushlu? I did a bit of a piece on him yesterday. Um, There's been times earlier this season and potentially last season where we haven't seen the the Yakushlu that we saw. Albion fans, of, I said it yesterday, fell in love with when he came on loan in the, in the Premier League relegation season. But I thought on Saturday against a plethora of Premier League stars, really, because Leicester, well, not stars, but Premier League proven players, I thought Yukushli was was right up there. I thought it was arguably be his best performance of the season. He completely, when Albion had the ball, he was almost in charge in terms of that link between the defence and the, and the midfield. And I just think his form keeps continuing to get better. And I know that Players have talked about Corbett, you know, They're always on their toes with Corbran and they don't know where they're going to get picked. But I can't see a, a time this season, aside from maybe being rested or, or injured, where Lukashew doesn't make it in the in the side. He's not a headline grabber, but he's so important for Albion. And we think we saw that on Saturday.
1: Yeah, he, he was Albion standout man on Saturday by by far. I would say. Um, I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree that he's been sort of consistently steadily improving through the season. I actually find that we see him shine or impress for a, a game or two, and then there might be a game where he's sort of not anonymous, but a bit, you know, sort of not involved and you need a bit more. And, and yeah, we know how good he is with the ball, don't we? And then there are games where he might be a little sloppier with it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, finding that consistent, that level we saw on Saturday in, in every game would be, I mean, I, I know how excellently he did in his loan at the club and consistency there, but it would be a lot to ask, wouldn't it, if he could find that high level uh, throughout, yeah, every game, game in, game out. You would argue that he would be playing in the top flight, really, certainly. So it's tough to expect that, but without being near the near the summit, fighting for the top places, you know, there's no doubt in you is among the team, the squad's most Im- important and, and top performers. So they're going to need as near to that level as he can get. As near to that level as he can get as regularly as he can. Um we yes, you know, players can have off days, off nights, but we just need you, kushley to limit them. Um because when he plays, I, I find when he plays well Albion 10 to um I think he sets that tone with and without the ball, he's very clever, isn't he? He knows where to be to make interceptions and get you know in roads between passing lines and stuff. And as I say, when he's at you know when when he's at his level with a ball. There are few in this division who can can top him really. So, yeah, I just I'd like to see him just maintain the consistency. Don't expect him to play as well every game as he did on, did on Saturday, but yeah, Albion just miss him when he's not at it. That's all. Um, he, he's that important. So, yeah, he's one of them
0: ones that when he's there and he plays well, he probably doesn't get as as much credit as he deserves. But when he doesn't play well, like you said, there you see the yeah. difference.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. That. That's a good, good way of putting it, actually. And um, I've written a couple of times, I think with Mowat next to him, and the form Mowat's found, they've not stumbled upon, because it hasn't been stumbled upon, but they've found a, a very tidy little partnership of balance and poise with the ball, and Mowat brings energy without it. And yeah, it's it's a good little partnership, and I hope it can continue. You know, you've got Malumbi kicking his heels on the bench, who's probably thinking... You know, when am I going to get in again? Uh, not so long ago, Chalaba was, was coming in for games, wasn't he? He started at started at Carloff, didn't he? And started at Southampton. Uh, Corban probably looking at his sort of athleticism and energy there, ability to get around the place, but very much feels like a set two in midfield now, doesn't it? And it will be interesting actually to see if that, those tricky away games I mentioned, Chalaba coming in, what does Corban do on, on Saturday at Sunderland for my money he has to play, you push a little mower. But would it be the biggest surprise in the world if Chalabar came in? You know, I'm, I'm, how it's gone this season, probably not. But uh, yeah, we'll have to see.
0: Yeah, I want to stick up for it as well, um, a part of the side that coming through a bit of a flack bit of flap on on Saturday. And I think these two guys I've been critical of Albion's fullbacks um at periods over the last sort of twelve months. But I, I thought the form of I thought Furlong had another good game, Daniel Furlong on, on on Saturday. I think he's been playing really well lately. And a lot. I know a lot of fans still came at Connor Townsend for the goal, which I thought was grossly unfair. Um, I think Albion's fullbacks, especially now they've moved. Albion are probably more consistently playing a back four now. You know, it was back three early in the season with that 3-4-3, three, three. Um, but I've been playing a four at the back now. And I think the fullbacks have been playing really well lately. I know fans have taken aim at Townsend saying, oh, he should have bought Whoever down, but he was left four on one, exposed at the back. There yeah. wasn't an awful lot he could do about it. But I just saw Albin. He's been getting forward an awful lot. We talked, you know, I I filled in for you tonight at the, the Albin, um training ground last week, and I went along to talk to Conor Townsend, and we talked about um, the, the roles that he's been given and the fullbacks. And if you notice now, when you watch Albin, the fullbacks almost when the Albin are going forward become two extra central midfielders. Like they've they've got so much freedom to move around, and I think Townsend in particular, what well, and Furlong, I think they're both playing really well, are both doing that role superbly well. And yes, at the times they're going to have below par performances, but I think consistently over over this little mini run that Albion have had and they've been playing well, I thought the fullbacks have been have been pretty good. Um, I think any criticism is a, is a little bit a little bit
1: harsh. Yeah, I'm for, I agree on Furlong. I think most would say now he's in a, in a good run of form. Looks I don't know, good, good as he has for a couple of years, I think that's fair to say. And I think you know, that's on the rhetoric of Corbin, improving players, getting levels up. I, I find it really interesting with Furlong. He has, he has a couple of roles. The fullbacks have a couple of roles. They never play the same thing. One's asked to go, one's not. I'm not saying Furlong's a brilliant attacking fullback. You know, he, he's probably more comfortable in his own half, but he's asked to do it more than Townsend, I think. So some Townsend critics say he's not attacking enough. They'd, they're not both asked to bomb on. And you're right, Johnny Summer, sometimes you see Furlong come into the midfield. We've seen that in the top flight, aren't we, with fullbacks operators as, as midfielders, and he, he's asked to do that. It, it, it depends on the circumstance and it depends what Corbin sees in the opposition as a weakness. Townsend, yeah. I'd, I don't think he's enjoying a, a brilliant run of form, but it's probably been exaggerated a bit by. Those who are, you know, looking at him to blame the Southampton goal. Yes, yeah, he got caught, didn't he? Came inside, just switched off as as what was outside him, and of course it was Adam Armstrong, wasn't it? Um, you know, you can't, no, no one can leave him alone, what six yards from goal. So, but yeah, the 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 goal the other day, John. I mean, teams have strangely, perhaps not strangely, I, I don't know, yeah you know, because I think Townsend is a relatively. Yeah, he's a solid to good defender for this level. Um, but teams seem to be knocking it in behind him, don't they? they got Ipswich did it.
0: Uh, they did it at Ipswich, and I want to highlight that, because I know you've said there he's not on a great run of four. For Ipswich, he was absolutely exceptional, because every single time Ipswich got the ball, they tried to fire it straight over Conor Townsend's head to Wes yeah. Burns. And I don't think Wes Burns had a particularly good game for Ipswich. Ipswich did, did oh. been nullified, Ipswich, but I think... I think you're right in what you're saying in the Southampton goal and stuff, and maybe defensively at certain periods he has been sort of exposed a little bit. Not in that game, but offensively, I think I thought he's been really good offensively in recent weeks. I, yeah, I know yeah, he's a no. fallback, and people say fallbacks, the first port call should be defending, but that's not fullback's job these days, really, is it? You know, you know full well, you know, supporting Liverpool and, and seeing what they do with their fallbacks, and it happens in the Premier League. I think, yeah, yeah it's I it's think a, there's both yeah, sides of the think. argument. I think he, yeah, maybe at times. He, he's been a little bit exposed, but that Ipswich game, that's that's a, I'm glad you brought that up because I thought he was, he was exceptional defensively in that game. Uh,
1: Townsend gets up and down, don't get me yeah. wrong, there's no lack of you know effort and commitment. He's a full blooded player. Um, I, I just don't think Corbin asks him to do it as often as Furlong, and I don't necessarily think he's as, as natural at it. I think you know defensively he's more of his game, but on the Ipswich one, I think for a couple of early ones, maybe 15 20 minutes, they sent joy, and Townsend was a little unsure. and Maybe a little positionally wrong, but he recovered and always recovered to win it, and recovered in the game generally to have a strong, like strong performance. As you say, Johnny, just um, tried to test him early doors, and ultimately it came to little for them, did it? Um, so yeah, Furlong's form's been encouraging, really encouraging. Our Pippas, in none of it, as a realistically a player coming in on loan, you would have. I think that's
0: to... we've talked about it before. I think that's made a massive difference. I think it's given maybe a bit of a.
1: Yeah, and not incentive so, he? because he's yeah, a yeah.
0: professional footballer who wants to play games, but maybe psychologically, yeah. it's it's made a difference because he's been he's been yeah. in really good form.
1: That and Corbyn's influence, I, I would say, yeah. And it's it's difficult to you know sometimes recall for for a month or so, maybe longer until fairly recently, Tanzem was out the side, wasn't he? He couldn't, yeah. couldn't really get in when it was the back three, which was a good I don't know six to eight weeks as Albion rediscovered some defensive solidity, which they did. The back three and, and Phillips' left wing back Townsend couldn't get near it. You know, you, Peters left centre half, so he really had to sort of kick his heels and wonder why it wasn't working for him. I know he had talks with the head coaches to to what what was required, what he needed to do better, and that wasn't talks just because he was at the side. Corbin has these individual private meetings all the time, every week, you know, with every player as to to what he expects from them, whether they're in the side or not. So. Perhaps it's those details that make the head coach just above and beyond in terms of why he's able to improve players. I, I would, I would dare say. Uh, but yeah, they're an interesting talking point at the moment, the full-backs. And uh, I, yeah, I agree with what you said, really, Johnny. I think, yeah, it's a, the Southampton incident was a shame for Townsend. As it's like a, a blot on his copybook, but could not Yeah, it's just a shame who who it fell to, you would say. But no, blame on his part for for Winx's winner the other day. I mean, he he tracked a runner didn't he which who was in his eye line if you watch the replay might have been Winks who, who had the run on him but he didn't you know because it was behind him he didn't see Jews we and that allowed him in and obviously he was able to square to Winks but though he was the last man and ultimately you're right Johnny three or four on one you know, tough that wasn't it you know the the only thing you could maybe say is I was having this chat with a colleague the other day and I, I don't know if Corbran referenced it as well he, he may have just try and stick with Winks. Try and stick with, catch up with, put off mm. whatever the the spare man who was ended up giving the tapping, try and take the option out of it so Alex Palmer can try and deal one on one with Jimmy yeah. or Alex Palmer's very good one on one. It's is an easy
0: point to blast. make in hindsight, isn't it? Yeah. I think yeah. that's what fans maybe didn't appreciate at the time. And maybe, you know, when we were looking at it, I was like, What's going on? You know, I think it's only when you reflect and you think. Yeah.
1: You look at the I situation. Once the player's got the run on you and you're, you're trying to get back, as Townsend was, you he just, he just couldn't make up the ground, you know, he couldn't make up the yards or whatever it was. So, yeah, any Albion player, I suppose, could have been in that position, couldn't they? Um, but yeah, I think it's a good, interesting point at the minute. They're both enjoying a, a decent spell, I would say.
0: Yeah, Baggies fans, let's talk about the FA Cup. It was the third round draw on sunday if you were like me you were sitting in front of the tv praying that album were drawn against the arch enemy from molyneux but unfortunately it wasn't to be the case i've been doing that now since i think it was 2007 or 2006 they last met in the cup uh be that, to know
1: that that split on the because i know there's a lot out there that would be prayed praying against it no I'd have, loved the, it. The day. I'd, have, I'd have loved
0: it i'd have loved it i'd have loved it would have gone to molyneux taking over the south bank again and 1-3-0, although I don't think Zoltengara would have scored um, this season. Um, but, yeah, Albion have been drawn at home against Old Shot Stockport, who, who uh, have got to, got to take each other on in a replay. Uh, not the most glamorous side, Coxie, but a good chance to get through to the, the fourth round.
1: Absolutely. It's an ideal fixture in terms of progression, isn't it? Being at home to be able to to make changes and still say comfortably progressed, but relatively comfortably. You're not going to dismiss Stockport County or Aldershot, who have the replays, you say. But Stockport are top of League 2, I believe. I believe, sorry. Um, If not, right near the top. Um, I believe a certain Louis Barry's injured. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Someone suggested he was out till well into the new year, so I don't think he would feature were Stockport to get through. Interesting. Yeah, interesting tie, isn't it? I mean, if not... Anything else, teams at Albion don't face very often. Like the same with Chesterfield last season and the fact it's at home. We don't have to travel. A bit more comforting surroundings for the players that come in, fans, all of that. Probably nerds out there, of which I am one, that will have uh, hoped it was a way just to, to get a new ground under the belt or, you know, <laughs> dare I say, hope for a replay, which I'm definitely not, by the way. So they could uh, make the trip to Stockport or all the shots. But uh, we'll see. Maybe a nice, juicy away trip awaits in round four.
0: The last time, just looking now, and I remember this. The last time Stockport came to the Hawthorns, I was actually in attendance as a seven-year-old, year as a seven-year-old baggy. Um, it was New Year's Eve, by the look of things. New
1: Year's
0: Eve, yeah. Two thousand oh, one or two? Two thousand and one. Yeah, four-nil victory. Just trying to find out who actually scored that day, but yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, like you said, it's a tie. A winnable tie for Albion, potential banal game, but a winnable tie all the same. Um, Albion fans would have seen one of the baggy's former managers is everywhere at the moment. Steve Bruce is put his hat in the ring for the Republic of Ireland job, and yeah, he's on every media channel, every organisation at the moment talking about various different things. He's been talking about his time at Albion. We carried a story earlier this week in the Express and Star, and there's a couple of other pieces um, that will be going out over the, the next week. Um, I just want to talk, just briefly talk about this because there was a line in there, Coxie, which kind of made me laugh a bit, but saying he was close to something at Albion and my Twitter mentions were, were full of, yes, close to relegation because um, he left Albion in the relegation zone. Um, I thought them comments were a little bit a little bit wider than Mark. You know, I've got a lot of time for, for Bruce. I, I thought he was a, a nice guy when he was at Albion, but I thought the job he did wasn't, wasn't a great job. Yes, things went against him, but yeah. Strange comments, really. Uh, but interesting yeah, to see once I mean, again to get into international management now, the Republic of
1: Ireland. <laughs> Probably a bit bit easier, isn't it, on, on the old schedule?
0: Well, yeah. Yeah, people, yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, dare I say. It, eh? um, I, ju- I just think back to the finale of, of that time and it just went on for so long. Far too long. long. Didn't it? Far yeah. too long. Um, obviously, Bruce had the relationship with, with Ron Gourlay. I think Gourlay said it to us in hindsight, didn't he? Probably waited too long. Um yeah, it was allowed to drift badly, wasn't it? And Albion were fortunate the next appointment was right because it could have been disastrous, really, um, really, 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 really disastrous. So yeah, I'm not sure about those comments. I mean, the, the first I don't know what month of the season, maybe if we're if we're being generous, I'd, had bright moments. So you could you could clutch on to sort of positive signs and that things might turn and improve. But yeah, it was left to drift. Pretty badly, wasn't it? There were some dreadful times down the, down the foot of the table. So thankfully, they're all behind us now, and uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where Bruce rocks up, or if he does get another gig. I wonder if, it, yeah, I wonder if it will be a national one rather than a club one. Perhaps, perhaps it just works for him, as I say, that more gentle international schedule. Yeah, be interesting to see. Um, and
0: the next section of the podcast, no, just, I just want to give just, a sorry, Toxie. sorry, mate. I, I was no, going to say, on.
1: it's just very. Very quickly, mate. I meant to put uh, in before you made the, the Bruce thing, but just before we finished up on the FA Cup, with your fan head on, you know, in, in the context of this Albion season right now, maybe what they clearly what they're going for to be in the top six at least. The, what what what's the stance on the on the FA Cup? Yeah, you know, it's it's not oh let's just chuck out a, a weekend team of kids and reserves so we we crash out. Presumably for me, it's you know it, it's useful for. At some point, finances, you would have to say. But I think above all, playing players who haven't been played regularly to get their minutes, your DK in the new year, Cleary before he probably goes out on loan in January, others coming back, your reach. I can think of a few more who have been on the bench more than they would have liked to Malungby, get Madger up to speed. It's more about that, isn't it? And okay, if Alvin progressed beyond, say, the fourth round to fifth, it gets a little bit serious, doesn't it? You start thinking about maybe. But it's not a... Clearly, it's not a priority
0: is it? It's not seen as a priority these days, but my stance on it is not even that. I think I've talked about it last year, and I think I probably talked about it with your predecessor the year before. The two best cut runs that Albion have had in my lifetime, or in my memory of watching Albion, was that season we just talked about with Stockport 01 They got to the quarterfinals and they got promoted. And the other one was 07 um, 08 under Mowbray. They got to the semi final yeah. and they won the title. I think. Yeah, all right, schedules. But the championship schedule is the same as it's been. It's the same as it's been since then. It's, yeah, it's always been free. the same. You know, there's still the same amount of games. Yes, I get it. People say it's more intense playing at different times, but it's it, it's still the same. Um, I'd be going as strong as possible. Yes, you're going to yeah. drop in. You're going to drop in players that need playing, but it keeps up momentum. It's it keep it does keep up momentum. If we look at Albion last season, they were doing really well after the new year. They got past Chesterfield. And lost to Bristol City, and i really like to see the form after that, because I think it, I'm not saying it dipped because of the FA Cup, but it wasn't very good around that time, sort of February to sort of early April, maybe something like that, or February to end of March. Um, that's my point of view on it. And as well, you know, if Albin can get past Stockport, Ultra, and they get a couple of favourable draws, you know, When, when are a side and a a club Mm. like Albion, you know, in the current situation, you know, off the field, being where they are in the championship, when, you know, it's not every season you're going to get a shot going really far in the FA Cup, and if you get a chance, you've got to grasp it with both hands because yes, the league is the ultimate priority, and yes, Albion want to get up, and yes, it will help with the finances and whether there's a takeover, etc., etc., etc. But I think, and I think someone like Corbrand, just seeing a little insight into his personality, I think he will want that as well. I think he will want. You know, he wants success at Albion and, and, and for the fans. And he's very much for the fans and he talks a lot about the supporters and it comes from a genuine place. So and I think that's the, the the stance and the point of view that they need to look at. Yes, you know, I think there's different caveats. You know, Alvin have, have had injuries. They don't want to go and have more. But, you know, a good cup run can aid promotion in my eyes. It's happened right. before. The, 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 there are probably more examples at other clubs Um and I hope, I hope Albion do it. You know, they've got a real favourable draw this time. And hopefully, you know, the last, probably last meaningful... What Albion fans will probably correct me, but I think it was a Villa in the last 16, the court, court final of the last 16, when there was the pitch invasion. Um, mm. But since then, it's it's not been a massively successful FA Cup. Don't I get me wrong, it Johnny. It, yeah,
1: it, it will be a week inside against Stockport. Won't it? it just of course it will. How it is. Um, but what my point about... Yeah, you know the fourth round. Say it gives another championship side or or a prem side. Yeah, go for it. It'll be strong. Of course, I, I just mean when it's against slightly you know, weaker opposition, it does give you a chance to still, you know, want, want to get through while being able to use the squad and, and keep the squad motivated as well. You know, if, if they're not going to get some of them a run out no, of these, I when agree. I, you know,
0: I agree, but I think. I'd like to think if, say, Albion draws Aldershot, draw Aldershot or Stockport. I'd like to think it'd be made up of half of the players that are playing at the moment and maybe half of the players that mm. are in and around the fringes. Because yeah. you I don't, don't know, run I know once am 11 changes. I just, if Albion lost to Stockport yeah, or Aldershot, that would be a, a momentum stunter almost. Because, yeah. you know, it's a banana skin, you're hitting the headlines for all the wrong reasons. But hopefully. You know, um, Cobra
1: made a lot of changes definitely. at Chesterfield and they almost crashed Too out, but for the last yeah. minute, didn't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, I think there will be a number of changes. I'm not calling for all 11. Often we see that happen, don't we? Um, I don't think it will be that in, sort of intense. There'll be options to change up the attack. Whoever didn't, whichever attackers didn't play in the last league game, might come into this one. Like I say, DK will be around. Cleary will probably get a game. Um, there are young prospects at the club at the moment. You know, a couple of midfielders. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, look, I hope the run goes and goes and. I think it's dependent. I see it. Like, Bristol City away last year. I, I think the side was relatively mixed, wasn't it? A lot of senior players, and they, they were just poor that day. But I, I think it depends on who you get, personally. I mean, that, that's how you can look at how you're going to line up your side. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Good point. Well, hopefully we'll we we'll, we'll re-tackle that in the new year, head of the FA Cup. So I just want to um, just read something out, really. It's a story from Coxie did yesterday. I want to give him a shout-out. Pride Baggies, FC. Um, have claimed their launch is a groundbreaking collaboration that marks a significant milestone in fostering a welcoming platform for the LGBTQ plus individuals and allies to engage in competitive football and a supportive community. Now, Pride Baggies is, a, is an arm of the Albion Foundation um, and they have set up a team um, which is a combination between the club, between the foundation and Sandwell Council. Um, it's aiming to be a, put together a competitive side to secure a league position for the 2024-25 season. The team will train at Albion's academy site opposite the Hawthorns. And they'll wear the Albion colours. A really, really good luck to that side. We really hope they do. It's a fantastic, um, fantastic initiative. Um, and good luck to them with uh, with setting up their side. Just wanted to give them a bit of a shout out. We've got to give a shout out now to our sponsor, The Kettle and Toaster Man. As always, the bags Broadcast is brought to you by The Kettle and Toaster Man, um, who've got some fantastic graded products over at their base in uh, Fawns Road and Briar Hill, Coxie, we all know it's cold lately because you're cold all the time, aren't you? Um, but you've got yes, you're, imagine in the,
1: how I'm feeling now.
0: you're in the office today maybe you've got you've got a nice lovely new house you're probably all sort of well insulated and, uh, and, and and warm I'm sitting here in my old sort of old house and it's uh it's absolutely freezing at the moment so I'm gonna have to give the kettle and toaster man a buzz um because he's got exactly what I need to to keep warm um I actually do you know what I actually need to give I, I'm, I'm gonna have to get on there because my my actually my air fry is on the blink one of my baskets has broken on the air fryer, so I'm going to have to give the kettle oh, Toaster well. Man a quick buzz um, and see what he's got. But at the moment, what you need to be buying is heaters keeping warm. It has been absolutely... It's a bit warmer today, to be fair. It's a bit warmer today. Um, although Coxie doesn't look like it. It looks absolutely freezing over in our headquarters. Um, well, Balmy, four degrees. That's warm. That's warm. Yeah. Um, anyway, as you said, the baggage Broadcast is proudly sponsored by the Kettle and Toaster Man. You've got some greater product specialists, some fantastic and uh, belting products, even better prices. And if you want to keep warm at the moment, we've picked one out for you. We've got a warm light log effect fire in black for just £70. Now, I think we talked about it last week, didn't we, Coxie? We're going to get one of these like smaller heaters. We'll have to take it around the grounds, won't we? You know,
1: I was just going to ask about that. Do they have any small enough heaters? To
0: we could. Have, boxes yeah. In? Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I'll read that eye on next week's podcast. Um, we've, uh, <laughs> yeah, we can we can maybe plug one in. Although I remember hearing a story of, I'm not too sure where the journalist was, who, who plugged one in at one of the West Midlands football grounds and, and blew all the electrical circuits, <laughs>
1: um,
0: which is quite a funny tale. Uh, we'll have to bring you more details of that on one of the, the future podcasts. But there you go. They've got some fantastic products, fantastic brands at fantastic prices. So head over to the kettleandtoasterman.co.uk and if you want to go uh go online on the Ketland Toasterman facebook page they've still got their competition their auction for a signed kind of i think the the draw for that is still open go over there and see what the bid is up to you've got to go in to the store with your sealed bid to the store as we said on the ones road right in briley hill And if you want to go online go to kettleandtoasterman.co.uk
1: And just very quickly, we'll also, on on a slightly separate note, we'll be having the winners of our uh, Brendan Batson.
0: Oh, of course, yes.
1: uh, Contacted and delivered to soon. So thank many thanks if you... Of which we've had a lot of entries,
0: I believe. I was looking through some emails yesterday and there are loads of them. So if you have put your hat in the ring, you've got a chance to read the book. And I'm just over halfway through the book at the moment and it is um, a very, very good read. Right, it's time for some questions from you lovely Baggies fans. We've got some good ones. Um, so I'm going to put Coxie on the spot this morning. Right, where shall we start, Coxie? Nice easy one. Tim McCormick, would you take a draw on Saturday? I'll answer first. No, I wouldn't take a draw on Saturday. I want to win.
1: Yeah, agreed. I was going to say in one word, no. Just Sunderland <laughs> aren't flying, are they? And uh, Well, we can get on to the Mowbray situation. Yes,
0: yeah, yes, we wherever, will, wherever that course, goes.
1: Yeah. Or against Arbyn, I don't know. But no, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's not like going to Southampton, is it? Or facing Leicester. I would say Arbyn should be confident they could go there and get a, all three points.
0: Yeah. Folk, Kev, has got in touch. I think we all agree we should have been happy with a point on Saturday. Do you think the captain should be more accountable from controlling who went up and who sat back to allow cover defence before Leicester's went out? I can't remember who was handed the armband. Well, the armband was on Townsend, who got absolutely pelted. I don't think it.
1: he decided to stay back on his own did he? I'm
0: going to shake responsibility for this out to Coxie and pass it over to you
1: um, Well, I, I just think I, I don't think it happens the head coach slash manager decides those things, I, I don't think in this day and age maybe different managers work differently but certainly under Corbrand, that's given to players to delegate between themselves I just, I just don't think, maybe that's a thing of the past, I, I don't know but it's so meticulous these days. They have so many phases and and ways to work different throw-in positions, other set-piece positions. that will be a very set settled way, and that's the way, as Corbyn said after the game. We went with the way that we go, and we didn't veer from it. Uh, I I understand the question about should the captain pull rank, but I just I just can't see that. I just don't think that's the kind of thing that that would happen under Corbyn And generally, too much in football these days, perhaps. No, I think there's other cases on the pitch where players can take more responsibility and decide things but I think in set routines like that I just don't see that. No,
0: no. Next question is from Jack Burford 11. Out of this hard runner of fixtures we've had so far, do you think it's expected how well we've done or have we overachieved? I'm just looking at how, I'm just trying to work some things out here. Since, um, since let's start from Plymouth so since Plymouth I've not picked up 16 points. for My maths correct? Is correct? That's correct. Um, no, it's probably not. Actually, this is. Uh,
1: I've this got it in front of me. I so can
0: uh, You know, draw. Let's have a look at the game. Draw at Plymouth. Beat QPR. Beat Coventry on the way, which was a really good win. Beat home Really good win. You know, the two defeats in this time of coming against Southampton and Leicester, who could well be the top two. I think I've overachieved personally. From what we I think I think the bar for the majority of of us watching Albion is, has probably been lowered a little bit in the last twelve months. So I think going into a run of fixtures like this, you know, I remember remember talking about it, you know, pre-Hull, people saying, I'll oh, we'll take a draw at home to Hull. Um, we'll probably lose at Southampton, we'll take a point to Ipswich, you know, beat Cardiff, you know, might lose to Leicester. But if you look at it overall, and the win at Coventry can't be sniffed at. I know Coventry in a bad run of form, but going away and winning at Coventry I thought it was a really good result. I think Albion have overachieved recently.
1: Yeah, I think I said at the top is at least exceeded what people would have hoped/slash expected. So yeah, I'd stick by that. Even defeats to Leicester and Southampton aside, I do think both defeats and and the run can kind of be caveated with the general performance level being strong. Look at the two games they've lost, and I don't think with performances like that, Albion would have lost against too many other sides in the division. So I think it all bodes well. I think once the head coach steps back and assesses it a whole, I think he'll be pretty pleased. With um, both results and certainly performance levels, lots to work on, and it's yeah, it's a challenge to maintain those levels. But that's what they've got to strive for. Um, so yeah, I think they've. I, I'm with you, Johnny. I think they've exceeded what we. Um, we probably uh, what we hoped and and expected going into this, and it is built on that solid base, wasn't it? The clean sheet run. I, I know two goals conceded the other day, but the defensive record in general, but the clean sheets are, are pretty exceptional. So long may those continue.
0: Yeah, sixteen points from twenty-four. Finally worked it out, and only took me about six minutes to work it out. Um, <laughs> next questions come from David DK with Madge back plus DK soon. Is it time to experiment with BTA in other positions? He's had a go. He had a go at it, but just doesn't have a great striker's instinct in the box. Isn't great at hold-up play, and aside from a few wildies, doesn't give a great goal chance. Number nine could he be useful that like wide. I'm going to caveat that, David. I think you're a little bit harsh. I think his hold-up play in general is. I th- I think it's quite good. There are times where it could be better but I think we need to remember he was a, playing as a wide player in League 2 um, not that long ago um, so I think he's done pretty well uh, but I get your point Coxy, what do you think? I think we could maybe see BTA as a wide player now we've got back and, and potentially DK soon although you look at the wide players that Albin have got as options you know they're going to be even more
1: stacked if that's the case. Yeah, I, I agree with you Johnny about his, his hold-up play generally. Um be interesting to see if we ever see go two up top from the starting games isn't it like a, a DK and a manager or a you know, Tom oh, I'd, I'd love
0: we to have see share have
1: that. a partnership I know I know I know there'll be a, there'll be a number of listeners sort of thinking the day love to see that but whether it fits in with what Carlos is is looking to work on, I don't know I remember him saying at one point last season that we we don't play two up top in any of these shapes basically so um I do think you know, with, with, with the potential of obviously it being one up front you expect Major to feature quite prominently. Once DK worked his way back, he's going to be around it, isn't he? You would expect, given how he was last season before the injury. Um, I've spoke before. I think yeah, it would be great for Thomas Santé and it can lower the burden on him. He's had to carry a lot, hasn't he? For so, in, in his time since moving here, he's been the only available option so often. That's tough. It's tough stepping up whenever, two divisions especially, but to be have all the expectation on you. Um, it's tough. And these aren't excuses for him. Like, there's so, He should have had more goals than he's got this season. I can think of a couple in the, the last couple of games where he should have added to his tally. But what will be interesting is whether we see him out wide, as as, as has been suggested there. Um, obviously, I never saw him do that for Salford, but that was apparently his game, or not always, but a lot of the time. And you can see it, can't you, I think? The, the only thing is, I mean, do have options in those areas. Like, yes, Wallace is injured for a little bit, but when everyone's fit, I mean, bear in mind, Swift's been playing wide this season, sort of in, in inverted left. Sarmiento, you know, Wallace, obviously Phillips out, is one unavailable, but he'll be back. Fellows is in the conversation. If Thomas Sante's starting or playing out on the wide position, one of those is, is further down the pecking order. Sarmiento... Um, so there, there are a lot of choice. So it'd be interesting to see, but I think it's one the head coach could potentially look at. I think he's probably considered it. It'd be interesting to to ask him about it, but it's not one really to to wonder about until I would say DK had two or three weeks at least around it. You know, coming from the bench, he, he's going to need a while before he's ready to start. Isn't he, DK can't really expect too much. Since he's been out now. Number of months, I don't know, seven, eight months. Is that best part of easily? Yeah. He, he might not be ready to start, but I don't know. The end of January, he's not expected. So sort of back and around until the end of December. It's going to be a number of sub cameos, isn't it? So, yeah, once to revisit in the new year, definitely. But I'd like to think I'd like to see what Thomas Tantek can do from out wide. I would. I think he can potentially be an interesting prospect there. What he's very good at is getting the ball from deep and relieving presser, pressure pressure getting up the pitch, dragging defenders within, winning a foul, getting Albin out, out of trouble, that kind of thing. So perhaps that could work for out in those wide areas. Yeah, no, well,
0: I'm looking forward to seeing that. Thank you very much for your question, David D.K. Nate Aldridge, this is a question we would be looking for. Is alternative Albin still a thing? Yes, it is, um, because I've got one for it and I bet Coxie disagrees. Players on the subs bench have hot water bottles and blankets, get straight in the bin. I'm all for snoods and gloves, but not blankets. If you're cold, go and have a run. Thoughts now, Love it. I'll pass this across to the man who is was probably the coldest man in the Hawthorns on Saturday. Um, Mr. Lewis Cox Coxie, what's your thoughts on that? He's digging you out of it here, Nath Aldridge. He thinks he knows what you're going to say.
1: All for it, all, all, all for it. Not not, not all for Nath's stance, by the way, all, all for the player's stance. Love it. All Love for it, what get, you
0: know, what you're you're you for blankets oh. or not.
1: Oh absolutely. All four blankets and hot water bottles, mate. Yeah, they, they can they can have a they can have a little little toasty rest. You know, if they want a couple of kettle and toaster man, you know, utilities, they can get on that. If they need to go for a run, they can go for a run, but they can they can stay warm and toasty if it was up to me, no problem. No, me and Carlos obviously work off the same wavelength in that I'm regard. With you, mate. I'm with you, um, mate. Go and have a run.
0: Uh, if you if you try to <laughs> if you try to get a, a blanket and a hot water bottle out like in the press box, I'd make you go and run. Do a bit of a lap of the press room to warm up instead. To take over the work. Yeah, go. There's some steps where we get up to the ground. Go and walk and go run up and down there, and that'll warm you up.
1: I'm sadly, Johnny <laughs> will know this, but for the listener's perspective, I'm sadly lacking my fingerless gloves at the moment. It's a terrible timing, but at some point during the summer, a lot of my knitwear has been misplaced and I am struggling without them. I've got big gloves, but they're not very useful for laptops and phones, are they? So yeah, I'm, I'm suffering with the old cold hands. At, at the minute, but uh, the layers have been stocked up, as Johnny knows. And to be fair, oh, well, you're not at Sunderland on Saturday, are you, Johnny? You're ditching me for Sunderland and Rotherham. But uh, yeah, Sunderland might not be <laughs> as cold as last year, given... Uh, Christ, it so. can't be that.
0: It can't be as cold as that. <laughs>
1: um, but I, I mean, I yeah, I would say Saturday gone's the, the coldest game I've had since started covering Albion, certainly. I've had colder in the past, but wow. Yeah, that, that was up there, wasn't it? But uh, hopefully we're over the other side of it now, as I say, balmy four or five degrees. So, But to your answer, Nate, long live the blankets and hot water bottles.
0: Split decision, I'm afraid, Nate. but thanks for your question. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask one more because we're knocking off for time. Um, Sunil Patel, um, regular listener always gets in with uh, an interesting question some people thought Maresca disrespected us with his wild celebrations personally I couldn't care less he played less than a season for us as, uh, many moons ago and was a cult hero do you think he crossed the line as I seem to think no I don't think he did and Corbrand said that I know there was a lot of I know Sky asked Corbrand a question saying they refused to shake hands Albion fans would have seen the story we did on the back of that he didn't refuse to shake hands because of the celebrations Corbrand had been had a sickness bug for, for two days um just quickly on that. that I just, any uh, of his
1: stuff. Can I take you up on that, uh Johnny, just quickly? Um so, saw it yesterday, uh didn't flag with you actually, but it's in it's in my uh my Albion debrief that went online in the last few hours. Um they did shake hands. Corbran and, and Mores. Oh they and did and, uh, Sky Angle didn't sky replays didn't catch it. Another angle did um that I've been sent and seen. So they did cut Carlos actually in, in, in the aftermath of yeah, you know, the angle that Sky showed was was clearly him not wanting to embrace anymore. You know, be it like a a high five or a hug or whatever. He, he said he wanted to steer clear of staff both his and Leicester's. And when he was asked about it after the game, he he wasn't 100% certain from his memory. In in the crazy aftermath that, that they shook hands, you know, it's something you do naturally, isn't it? Um. So, but yeah, I've i there's there's a video where they do. Yeah, it was filmed from. Above at the top of the, at the top of the stand that yeah you know, sort of broadcasters don't have access to so so yeah that can be uh, firmly put to bed I have no problem with Maresca's crazy celebrations look it's a heat at the moment isn't it it's a huge game Leicester Albion you know all of a sudden you've conceded an equaliser they'd conceded a late equaliser the game before and they it looked like they might have been going two one down and Zabin had a long throw and they go and win it any manager is going to be excited moresca was as good as gold in the press conference on it like he said look. He got booked for it, by the way, and he said, you know, I, I was worthy of it. You know, I just got carried away in the emotion. You know, he's human, isn't he? So be it. And and just finally on this, I've got some lovely Enzo rescue quotes actually to go out uh, a little bit later. By the time you're listening to this, they'll be they'll be live on the website. I asked him a few bits after the game, just about being back at the Hawthorns for the first time in 23 years since since leaving for Turin. You know, why you'd yeah. want to swap West Bromwich for Turin is is beyond me. Having spent my formative years in lovely West Plumidge, I have no idea. Though I've never been to Turin, so I can't comment on on how nice it is, a place. But uh yeah, it takes some to beat the new square one, so, you know? Um, <laughs> first time his first time back at the Hawthorns. Um, and yeah, it's a, a memorable one for him. But nice before the game, wasn't it? Receiving a commemorative cap and it didn't spend too long at the club, but on those speaking to those who watched him, what talent he was clearly obviously went on to a huge monster of a club and how important the money we received from him was in sort of kickstarting Albion again and yeah, re, re, then being reborn as a, as a club heading towards the top flight, obviously. So, yeah, nice. And, and he gave some nice comments. i so keep an eye out for that.
0: Yeah, no, well summed up. Thank you, fans, thank you very much for your questions. Just finally, as Coxie said there, I'm uh, I'm ditching him for the next couple of games. I'm, I'm on holiday from uh, from Thursday, so I won't be making the jaunt up to Sunderland. And I won't be making the jaunt across to Rotherham either. But a couple of tough away days for that, Coxie. You'll be making that early jaunt up on Saturday. But what you won't be seeing <laughs> is our, one of our favourite former West Brom managers, Tony Mowbray, sacked by Sunderland on Monday. Um, just two wins in the last nine, but they're ninth in the table with a, a very young squad he's got up there at Sunderland, absolutely bizarre, Coxie. You know, going to Sunderland against a Mowbray side, I'd have been a little bit concerned. Probably feel a little bit easier now, um, or a little bit, you know, not as, um uh, thinking it's not as a, a big of a, a task, it's a big task, obviously, yeah. but going up against any Mowbray side is tough. You know, he almost got Sunderland into the Premier League last season, and now he's out of the job with, with, with them in ninth position. Bizarre.
1: Yeah, I don't know the ins and outs up there, but according to reports off-scene, there there's been a bit of friction, hasn't there? I think I think Sunderland's ownership are quite sort of um, not outspoken, but I don't know, spontaneous, quite sort of. They're, they're like well, I think he
0: almost up. went. There was rumours he was going to go in the summer, and
1: yeah, they want they wanted you know. a young uh, on the way up manager, didn't they? Head coach, you, you know, young up starter who's going to, you know, I don't know, maybe this is more fashionable to kick them on, probably inspired by Ipswich and. McKenna and all of that I I sort of half get it but I really don't because Mowbray, what a class both as a person and as a manager what a job he did there by the way to get them out of League One where I saw them toil for a number of years um monster of a club but stupid decision um hope Mowbray gets back in soon wherever it is and whichever club get in and a few managers a few clubs need one by the way aren't there I mean look at Swansea last night it was sacking night wasn't it Swansea where Albion go on, on January the first, dismiss Michael Duff. As you say, the the Rotherham game, Johnny, four days later after Sunderland. Rotherham's still looking for a manager. About four weeks later, aren't they? Um be interesting to see if any of these managers do the old merry-go-round and and sort of John I mean John Eustace would be a good appointment for someone, wouldn't he? But certainly Tony Mowbray had been an absolutely top appointment for somebody. Sure. Um yeah, so they've got games coming up. You would you would suspect Albion, certainly Sunderland and Rotherham, where it could be against sort of managerless clubs and that can go one way or the other can't it I you know Sunderland's form hasn't been great there's still nine three points off playoffs but it'd only been two wins in nine or something like that so I don't know we'll we'll have to see whether it inspires or demotivates the players on on Saturday I, I certainly think they liked Mowbray, didn't they the way they they got on last season and Mowbray's given them all a chance yeah so uh yes yeah, strange times in the northeast there but uh We'll see whether uh, Sunderland improves to make top six or you know, badly tail-off. They've got a big old appointment to make.
0: Yeah. Just finally, you know, you're looking at two... They are two away games. You know, they're not easy away games, but six from six. You're back in Albion?
1: I'd expect at the at the least four. Um, six would be a, a great return, wouldn't it, from two away? It's back-to-back Saturday, Tuesday, a lot of miles. But I'd be disappointed if it was less than four.
0: Yeah. You're going, to, you're going to be all right without me. I know, I know you and, uh, you know, I have to keep you and, and Joe Champ from the Birmingham Mail well, you know, well-watered and stuff. I have to get you the teas and the coffees at halftime. I'm it's going to be The glorified tea, boy. Are you sure you're going to be all right? <laughs>
1: it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. We'll, we'll try and manage. You know, as I'm tucking into my uh, stage of my life breakfast Saturday morning, I'll be thinking of you, mate. I, I certainly won't be thinking of you as I get on the road at 5 a.m. And uh, although you're crazy, aren't you? You'll probably be up for your dog walk at 5 a.m., such as such an early bird. But uh, (laughs) yeah, not uh, not looking forward to that bright start, or not so bright start. But uh, hopefully, we're making our way back down the M1 Saturday afternoon with all three points.
0: Hopefully, fingers crossed. Baggies fans, there we go. Thank you very much for listening as always the debate on the Leicester game. We're burying it now. So I think everyone else should bury it as well. I think we're all fed up for talking about that goal, but it's done. Time to move on. And Albion are moving on up to the Northeast for that early lunchtime. Kick off, and then it's Rotherham on Tuesday. So, Baggies fans, those of you making that early one travel, um, safe travels. Hope you have a great day up in the northeast. Um, and those making the, the trip to Rotherham, hope you have a very good evening in Yorkshire as well. We'll be back next time on the Baggies broadcast so until then from me and from Coxie boing boing
1: boing boing